I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Y'all, I'm so excited to talk about this one. Um, my first note says, wow, 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 wow. Everything it's I a, wanted. It's a lot of wows. Isn't that what it says? It, that's exactly can what it says. I can, I can confirm for those those at home, those who do not have access to Molly's notes app. Uh, mine is, I cried like four times, good God. So. Do you cry a lot in movies? You know, I'm always inclined to say no, but I feel like the the ratio is getting higher Name than four well, I cry movies. more than you in movies, I believe. Since when? I don't know. You're always rolling out me uh, crying at Furious Seven as a okay, as a story. So that's one. There's one. Uh, this one, multiple times. <laughs> what else I you got? Like, I feel like there was another another recent one where I was like surprised that I was like feeling it. Um, of course, I can't remember what it was. Okay, it's still safe to say not a lot. All right. I mean, I don't either, but I also cried. I think at least three times. Yeah. This one, it got me. Uh, James Gunn really knew how to pull on everybody's heartstrings. And it was very unfair. We are, of course, talking about Volume 3, Guardians of the Galaxy. The The final volume. Yeah, the end cap to the the trilogy. Not necessarily for the characters, um, as they indicated, (laughs) but um, for James Gunn's version, which no one could do it better. No. And I I hope that... um, the powers that be can just, you know, keep their like little grubby hands to themselves and let these characters kind of breathe for a while after this one because it's what they deserve. I know that we I mean, we, yeah, I don't see, I mean, maybe one of them like Rocket's crew could yeah. join up with like Marvels or something like that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be mad about that. But it's also really easy for this to just like be the end. I mean, Gamora's gone um, because why did I just Zoe Saldana? Him? Zoe Saldana is like I'm done with yeah. this. Like I had I had a good time. Dave Batista's like I'm done. Um, like I'm done with Drax. The other ones haven't like said you know things to that effect. I think um, I mean we're really jumping ahead here, but I feel like Nebula is definitely going to stay around. Um, Mantis will probably come back. Yeah, Adam Warlock. If they feel like paying for Chris Pratt. Right. He'll come back. What's he going to do? I think you know? Adam Warlock is going to stay. I don't think any more Jurassic Parks no. are coming out. I think that's done. I think Phyla, the new character that we like meet at the end, she's definitely going to be around. Who? She was like the uh, one of the uh, test subjects, like the human test subjects from the High Evolutionary that's like with Rocket, Adam Warlock. One of the kids? Like, yeah. The new guardians that we like see at the end of the oh, movie. Oh right, yeah, She's there yeah. I think that whole team will come back for sure. Um, which yeah, I wouldn't be upset about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was a quick jump to the end. I feel like we're always all over the place when it comes to like our discussions on theatrical movies. My notes are definitely like a little scatterbrained because I was just trying to manically jot them down right as the movie ended. I know you were doing the same thing. Yeah, I don't want to like over overstate or overinflate but I feel like coming out of this movie I was so excited and I don't feel like I felt that coming out of a Marvel movie since well I felt that way coming out of Shang-Chi 
and out of Spider-Man. Um, but I do think, like, in terms of quality, I mean, maybe when we get into it, I'll think of more things that I didn't love about it. But it's, like, it's, like, after Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Which is big. For sure. Especially because, like, volume two, not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. And, you know, the discussions. Was that? That's a Benchwarmers quote. Incredible. Not a fan. Incredible. <laughs> we need more of those on the pod. I need to remember some. Uh, the discussions around the release of this movie have really, like, kind of reminded me that the opinions on, like, the first two movies are really varied. Uh, well, kind of. First one seems... Everyone you know, loves the first First one's movie. universally loved. But I still see a lot of people, after this one's come out, saying that the second one is the best of the trilogy. I don't believe those people. Those are people that are what we call contrarians. They're, they're plants to annoy you specifically. I just think that they enjoy taking the non-favorable view. I don't think that's fair to say about all of them. Some of them, for sure. But well, I, don't even I think, haven't met any of them. I don't even think like on the Marvel Studios Reddit, for example, saying that is even like a controversial opinion. That is like they're pretty like warm on volume two over there. But again, like it's it's all over the place. And for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't like hate it, but I don't love it. Yeah. And for me, we discussed it when we did the rewatch of Guardians 2. Like I came out of Guardians 2 being like, oh, I love that. I like this more than the first movie. It was total recency bias, which I have with every movie. And then, like, that, uh, there are, there's things in that movie that I do really like. Like, I, I like Kurt Russell's ego. I like the... Nebula. I like the, yeah, the general, like, story is good. Like, diving into, like, Peter and, like, his non-human half and all that stuff. But all the other stuff that I had a problem with, like, Drax's characterization and some of the action scenes uh, totally were, like, remedied in this movie. Like, I think I leaned over to you maybe during the movie or maybe after the movie. And I was like, it's like James Gunn heard all the complaints that people had with volume two and went out of his way. I thought to, I said that. I thought I did. Well, wow. I thought I, I did was saying how was, he listens to people on Twitter. Well, yeah, that's for sure. Or at least responds to them. Well, I know. I mean, he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not to all of them. Cause some people in there have the people that he responds to have horrible ideas, but, um, yeah, I agree totally about, like, the way I felt walking out of it. Um, I do think there has been, like, one, like, a, a somewhat gradual decline in quality of the movies post-Endgame, but then also, more importantly for, for Marvel Studios, I think not for me personally, there's, like, a people, like, expected a certain level out of the MCU, I think, even though it had, like, a reputation for, like, being, like, kind of low tier, it's not like high art, but people knew what they were going to get. And I do think that uh, Doctor Strange 2 and then Thor, Love and Thunder, like really like hurt that for a lot of people. Yeah, expectations were too high. Yeah. And so like they... Especially for Doctor Strange. Yes. And yeah, they... And then Quantumania, it happened again. Like they got hopes up really yeah. high for these movies and they have had a lot of whiffs. Black Panther 2 was a little higher, but people were still kind of like lukewarm on it. Um, it's kind of for, well, kind of forever is kind of like forgettable, which is insane for like, it seemed like it should have been like this, like another like benchmark movie for like 
the way that they had to introduce like, shoot a big it. character and just like and not like yeah the absence of Chadwick Boseman and like all that and like it was it was an event but then like it you know yeah it, it is forgettable. I I feel like I say this I just, I harp on about stakes, and I don't mean the filet mignon kind. But also those. I actually don't nice know where that rare. term comes from. Stakes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I've never thought about the like the stake in the heart. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, okay, anyway, the this movie has a perfect amount of stakes, which is what was missing from Ant-Man. And I think th- this movie did everything that Ant-Man tried to do correctly. Yes. Including stakes, including keeping the charm of their characters and still having these, like, epic, well, not epic, but, like, big fight scenes. Like, these weren't, like, the most epic, no. like... Um, I get what you're saying. Um, Like, we were, like, worried about saving Rocket. Like, those were our stakes. We had a scary but, like, defeatable bad guy that's not, like, a god. Although he he thinks of himself that way. Um, And we have, like, these little obstacles that we have to do along the way. And we have this, like, secondary like, villain in Adam, who is, like, very strong, but, like, very much comic relief and still defeatable. Yeah. Like, they did the two villains really good, like, the two side plots really good, where we have, like, this one distracting one, distracting us from the main villain. Like, all that was really good. And everything felt attainable, but still, like, it wasn't going to come easy to them. Yeah, totally. Uh, I 100% agree. Um and it does make me wish, like, we had an alternate universe where Quantumania was able to pull it off because this proves that, like, you can take... I mean, well, also, to be fair, the Guardians movies, while, like, being comedic and they're, like, the funny ones, kind of, they've always had, like, a bit more of, like, an emotional edge than the Ant-Man movies did, obviously. But this was, like, a lot darker and more intense than the other ones, but it didn't lose its self. And Ant-Man lost its self. Definitely. There is a middle ground. and But uh, Peyton Reed is not James Gunn. Bless his heart. I mean, I think the darkness and, like, the like the heaviness, but also, like, James Gunn clearly brought in some, like, horror elements, like, is not necessarily, like, a surprise even from the first two like they're still dealing with like pretty dark themes like the first one is like mom's dying of like brain cancer like that's how that movie starts so i just think like it was in line i mean i think we'll get into it but like this was definitely like towing the pg-13 line more than any other film that we've seen from the mcu i think you know the discourse that i've enjoyed around this movie uh, which is rare for me to say, like, Twitter discourse around any movie is just kind of annoying. And this one is kind of annoying. But there's, like, such an outcry over, like, the intensity of it, uh, mostly focused around, like, the animal abuse. Why? Like, who's the outcry coming? Like, what is the... Well, so it's a lot of people that are, like, being perceived as, like, complaining that it's, like, too much. Like, it's too dark, it's too violent, and it's only a PG-13 movie. And I'm seeing all these people being like, no, like, this is what PG-13 is. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's accurate. They're like, a lot of comic book movies are, like, totally, like, sexless, bloodless. There's, like, it's not intense. Like, it's very much, like, a lot of them, if it wasn't for, like, the cursing and some of the violence, are PG movies. 
um, which is fine. But like, this is very much. It's I think PG-13. it's totally rated appropriately. I was talking to my coworker about it. Shout out to Meredith, um, and she's like taking her whole family to it, and she has like one child that's like younger. And so trying to, like, I was talking to her about, like, whether, like, I thought, you know, it would be okay. And I was like, I mean, it just is rated as it should be. Like, it is really meant for someone that's between 13 and 17. But, like, not to say, like, a younger kid couldn't be fine during it. But, like, there, like, I was like, there's a part where, like, they rip his face off. So just, like, forewarning. And, like, yeah, the animal stuff is, like, really upsetting but like animal cruelties in like 101 dalmatians like um not obviously to this degree but but still um the theme is introducing like kids stuff all the time right so absolutely i think it's just like one of those things where it's like you or the viewers as parents need to like take some agency for it like there were people talking about how when ted came out in theaters back whenever that was they people would show up with their kids because they saw it was about a teddy, teddy bear, bear. and they, the people that were like selling the tickets would be like, you know, this is like rated R, right? <laughs> and they would be like, oh, I didn't realize that, um, which probably happens with this. But also, the kid in front of us seemed to be doing fine. So was there a kid in front of us? Yeah, didn't notice. He's like the row right in front of us. He I, seemed fine. I couldn't see. I hope he was fine. <laughs> beyond my tear, teary eyes. Of course, of course. Who could? Um, yeah, so that that all that conversation is really interesting because I think we even was maybe it was on the pod we like, talked about like the introduction of the PG thirteen rating and like the purpose that it served. Oh yeah, because we were talking about one of these older movies and it came out. Um, it was like around like Temple of Doom, right? Which I think was yeah, Temple of Doom was one of the like was the first or actually no Temple of Doom was PG and so because of that they created the PG thirteen. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, like Temple of Dooms, that's a fucked up, like, you know, that's, that's really dark and violent. And were that's we talking also, about Howard the Duck? Maybe. I think so. Yeah, it must have been. Cause also like Lucas. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's all been like really interesting to think about. And it's definitely not something that has been like brought to the table because of an MCU movie in the past. Like none of them are. Yeah. I hope that like they don't change things or like people aren't that up in arms about it because it's like, yeah, it is. It's what it's advertised as. Yeah, no, I don't. I but don't I do think, think so. that other, you're right, other MCU movies are rated PG-13 and are a lot tamer. Um, it's just like a wide, it, it's very like broad. Yeah, it's a broad spectrum and that's okay. You just, you have, they, they tell you why it's rated what it's rated. There's like websites that are like um, for this. Does the dog die.com. No. Well. Well, I mean, that's not the one I was thinking of, but. That's funny. Yeah. And I like went on it because people were like talking about it. These poor parents have to get spoiled of movies well, just to be good parents. I will say like, <laughs> so I, it wasn't what I expected. Like it's one, it's not just does the dog die. I know. It's which I, it's also like, there's like a really like a big plethora of stuff. It's like, is there like use of like certain curse words or like certain themes and right. it'll, and like without spoiling it too much, it's like, oh, if I'm really bad with animal abuse should i go see this movie and everyone was just like no like this is not you're yeah. not gonna have a good time which is all you really need to know um but yeah let's uh do you want to like try to go from the top my notes are like really can i just the place, go through but... my notes yeah let's, I, let's do it that they way. might be in somewhat chronological it's more order. fun that way okay um 
the first well the first fight with adam mm. really incredible fight scene yes um i thought it was like the set was like so we saw the set in, in the, holiday uh, special. the holiday special and i was like it looks really cartoony it looks like we're on a backlot set it still looks like that in this. For some reason, I thought it would look like a little bit different. Um, it just seems like they didn't spend a lot to like, I don't know. I feel like they probably did spend a lot. It just like was, it like stood out a lot to me as like odd. And maybe I it's think, because it's so small. Like I think a lot of it had to do with the size of it. Like it was like small alleyways and stuff. And also like the camera work. Like we got like a lot of wide shots and like rotating shots and it kind of showed you like that they were in a pretty confined space yeah i mean like that's not like a you know ding worthy it's just like i didn't love the set Mm -hmm. for nowhere yeah uh, i was like already really impressed with it like five minutes in because we start off with like creep playing and rockets listening to it it's like it's an acoustic version too which I appreciated because, like, I loved the soundtrack for this, but I also thought, like, a couple times I was like, James Gunn, like, you took, like, really, like, obvious, like, the, like, don't get me wrong. I loved every song used in it, like, but, like, when No Sleep Till Broken came out, I'm like, this is such, like, a, feels like an obvious, like, pump-up song. I feel like I've seen this before. I and loved it I, all. I felt like, and I did, but I felt like the the soundtracks for, like, the first two movies were, like, a bit more, like, but I don't listen to that stuff as much, so what I am knew I the most songs from this. Yeah, well, so. that's, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I loved uh, how dynamic the camera was, not only for this first fight scene, but for the whole thing. Yeah. Like, all the fight scenes were really engaging. A lot really of, like, engaging. turning around and yes. 360. I am so. such... It's so easy for me to fawn over a fight scene where someone gets flipped and the camera follows them flipping. Yeah, do you think the camera was, like, on, a like, a roller coaster track almost? Or, I'm, like... I have no idea how they do it. I think... I think some people have, like, rigs where it's, like, mounted to their chest and they can go, like... Oh, interesting. Griffin just did this, like, windmill motion with his, like, hand. I'm kind of making it up. I don't know. Uh, There's probably, there's probably a lot of digital techniques as well, but it was, it was really good. Um, I would not want to get on the bad side of Groot. He, like, it was scary. Like, Groot, like, goes atop of him and, like, does his, like, roots, like, through him. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is horrifying. I thought Groot was going to win. Yeah, don't fuck with Groot. And I like how they made Drax really strong. This was like a complaint you had in the second one is like they weakened Drax so much, but like not in this one. He's like super strong. He is Drax the Destroyer. Yes, I was like, thank fuck. Because it wasn't only in the movies, in the Guardians movies. It was also like in Infinity War. Like he didn't do anything. He was, he is weak. But in this one, they were definitely like, even though they kind of like turned it on its head, like you're not a destroyer. He's still fucking, he's Drax. He's a, he's a strong boy. So I was really happy to see that. And he was genuinely so funny in this. Yes. I really loved this version of Drax. It really reminded me of the first one. Um, And there are really funny lines in the second one from Drax. I just thought they were like playing it up too much. He was really hammy. Yeah. And in this one, it's like not to say that these movies are beyond being hammy, but he was like more believable that he was like, you know, he was his character. He had the backstory that they discussed. And in the second movie, he was like such a pastiche of himself. But in this one, I thought they nailed it. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that like, I loved, I mean, really, I loved everybody's characterization, but, um, Nebula. Nebula? That was my note. Like, Perfection. In- incredible. Perfection. We got like so many moments between her and the rest of the team 
where I she mean, just works so well. She does, and she like she understands like everybody, and like kind of like sees through all of them to a degree. Yeah, and so like we got really interesting it's stuff. Her, like where, android like, self. Yeah, and like when she's like getting into like shouting matches with Mantis and with Drax, I, and it wasn't like really, it wasn't always played as a joke. It's she's like, family, right? And yeah, you have these moments where it's like, how many times are you almost going to get us killed, like right. you idiot? And it's like, oh, it's like Rocket and. Um, Quill. Quill in the second movie. Yeah, for sure. But I almost think it's, like, more believable. Because, oh, like, yeah. Rocket is so, like, puffed up in the second one. He's not... He doesn't really feel that way. He's yeah. just being a hard ass. Um, <laughs> need to get the vinyl. That was one of my notes in the middle here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we must. And at that point, honestly, we might as well just complete the trilogy. Even though the second movie soundtrack is, like, not, not as much loved. I think that they did such a good job with Nebula. I wasn't missing Gamora. And I know they're not the same person or even the same role in that group. But I was like, oh, this really works without Gamora. Even though I thought I'd be more upset that she wasn't like back in the team. And we still had her, but she was then playing the Nebula role, which was funny. I liked how they flipped that. That's a really good point. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was really happy with the way that they handled Gamora because I, uh, I do think James Gunn has like a lot of like opinions on how the guardians were handled in the movies that weren't his. I, I think he approved like the big story beats and he's yeah. like, okay, I can do that. But I think a lot of people, I mean, he had to get them there. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then, but some of it after that, I think was like not entirely up to him. Like I know he like the Gamora and Thanos relationship. Yeah. With, I'm like, sure he, he didn't like write all that directly. And, like, the stuff with them being with Thor, that was, like, he's, like, I didn't want to do yeah, that shit. Yeah, I know. Um, but that was kind of just a means to an end. Like, that right, was fine. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, I definitely, like, assumed that the Gamora you, I, of it would be, like, brought back into the fold and it would be, like, maybe not, like, totally like, rekindle their relationship, but I really respect how they handled her character. It's, like, yes, it's a different person. She's not a full-out villain, but she's like, yeah, she's going to go be with the Ravagers because she doesn't know She just took a different path. Right. Like, she's still the same person. Like, she still is, like, a good person. Like, we see that. We see her making choices that are, like, inherently good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's like her core is the same, but she's just, like, literally, it's like a whatever off the, the timeline the timeline the timeline yeah i mean she's behaving like how we see her in the beginning of the first movie but without like the shadow of thanos over her right which is it's all it all tracks I and mean, i just loved the way that they carried her story through it and the the whole time i think we're meant to think like oh the scab she's not really like with the scavengers like she's gonna end up back with them and like she's not you know like that's not really her group because i think quill even says that and then at the end, that was almost like another tearful moment is like when she's like greeted by them, like so joyfully, like she is really like that is the family she found. Like she was looking for family and she found one. It just yeah. wasn't the one that we thought she'd find. Right. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful. That, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, she doesn't have to like fall in love with the characters that we're in, in love with. It's like, you know, we don't really know Stallone's character that much, right? Michael Rosenbaum's, but like they are. Their own, yeah, their own family. We so. get it enough, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. We do, we do. Um, <laughs> But my favorite bit of the whole movie, I think, was the, <laughs> maybe, maybe you should date Nebula. <laughs> because I was like, oh, I see what they're doing, and this is so funny. The look on his face when he just, like, turns and I like, start staring at her. 
I actually didn't know that. Like, just desperate. They put that in like the second trailer, which I never watched. So I was like, oh man, I'm really happy I never saw that. Yeah. It's so funny. And like Nebula's like lines, like Karen Gillan's delivery of lines in this movie is so fucking funny. She's like, stop staring at me. Like she's yelling it, but it's not like, scary. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's, she's so incensed that she has to deal with this shit all day. Actually, but not really. My, my next note was like, I don't know how I feel about the Gamora stuff. And like that was a negative, but now I guess I've talked myself into being fine with it. But but like I guess I am I like am fine with it. Um I I think like the end is what made me be happy with it. That's what my note says. But then the end she was so happy with the Ravengers. Because I think I was like still disappointed. Right. But they, they right after, around. but I guess in hindsight. It's been a couple of days since we've seen it. Yeah. It had, <laughs> we've yeah, come off the high. To sit. And like, you know. I can also, like, attest to what this movie did was that, like, we typically, like, are able to leave a movie and really, like, table a lot of the discussion until we do the podcast. But, like, for this one, like, we went out to get a drink afterward and, like, talked about it a bunch because there was a lot to talk about. So, But we're still talking about the same stuff. Yes, exactly. And they really over-explained what happened to Gamora. They were like, we really want other people to understand what's going on in this movie. Um, and so they explained it. Well, that one elevator scene, they re-explained it like five times. And I think that was intentional to be like, this is, we're trying to really explain what happened in a funny way. Oh, absolutely. Some people also thought that was James Gunn, like doing like an eye-rolling like explanation of like how much other stuff happened yeah. with these characters. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I mean, it was good. And I mean, we've been telling people to watch it, even if they're not, haven't seen like a lot of the recent stuff, as long as they've seen like Endgame, you could tag into this. Right. Totally. Movie. Um, so I, I want to talk about like the, the pace that this movie sets, which is like fast. What I would was say. the runtime? Two hours? Two no, and a it was, half? It was long. It was like yeah. 240, I think. Um, I mean, you had to pee. So. I did have to pee. I picked a good time for it. Don't remember exactly when it was, but I didn't miss anything. Um, they, you know, most of the movie is split between Rocket gets like fucking wrecked like five minutes into the movie. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is making sure he doesn't die. And the first time he gets like KO'd, we start like this sequence of flashbacks to his like origin. So good. That carries throughout the movie. Basically every time like we have like a stressful moment where we zoom in on rocket, like usually with like an oxygen mask on or something. And then we get like a couple minutes more at a time. And I thought that was like a really compelling way to tell it because it was like a long origin. Like you couldn't yeah. just put that all as one sequence. People would be like, what the fuck is going on? And it would be like even heavier to have that. Like, Oh boom, yeah. Boom, boom. No, it was perfect. Yeah. And I, I will say like at first, like when we got like the first kind of like transition to it, I was like, Oh, like, are we going to like, it's, it's not something that I'm used to seeing like in a, in a movie like this, or especially in an MCU movie, like it's a pretty like bold thing to like, you know, keep doing these like flashbacks. Yeah. I mean, know. I think it like, they kind of did that in Captain Marvel. They were interspersing flashbacks as she's like regaining her memory. And I think it, not only was it good to chop it up for like other reasons, but like we're learning things in real time that are pertinent to what happened in the past. So like it's unfolding at the right times, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought all of the flashback scenes were really good. There was the right amount of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It never felt like 
there's never a moment where I was like, oh my God, like, let me get back to yeah. it. In fact, it was the opposite. I was like, when the second to last flashback ended, I was like, no, like, let me, I want to like know like how this goes. Like, how does he get out and why isn't, where are the other ones? Right. Um, and like, honestly, the I was like, they probably died, but the thought hadn't crossed my mind that they were like executed. Like, I thought they just like got sick and like he survived and yeah. like my brain was not. Nope. That cruel. Shot shot to death. Yeah. Right, right in front of us. I saw one headline that was saying that the high evolutionary is like the most evil villain that we've seen. Well, um, I will say like having him abuse animals, like cute animals for the entire movie, that's like a cheat code. Yeah. Unless you're like a fucking psychopath to be like, I hate this person because it's like it's like the lowest form of violence. It's like they have no agency and yet you're like being like the worst possible person to them anyway well and he just like destroyed an entire planet also that he that, created casually. of people which that's like easy for me to forget that that happened in this movie like they didn't save any of those people no like there's like a scene where Gamora's is like getting off the ship and like we see like families getting like, obliterated yes. i'm like jesus christ but shout out to the actor for the high evolutionary i knew he was going to be good obviously he's from peacemaker if you haven't watched it and like he knew from that that he wanted to cast him yeah. in this role. Oh, he and was he great. he fucking killed it. Um, the line that you referenced earlier where they, like, someone accused him of, like, wanting to play God, and he's like, there is no God, that's why I stepped in. Yeah. I was like, that's that's such a good Classic. villain line. Um, the, I really enjoyed all of the Adam stuff. I could see, uh, like, a world where people were annoyed by him. But I found it so enjoyable and the right levity for this because he's taking himself so seriously. We've already been introduced to the gold people as like very different. Like they're the sovereign, you know, they're special. And like to see them kind of fall from grace and having to like crawl their way back is like so good. Yeah. The, The whole thing with his little pet. Yes. I thought that worked better than it did in Shang Chi. Yeah. I, I liked the little thing in Shang-Chi, I'm not going to lie, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I really, I, I liked the stuff with the Sovereign and Aisha because, like, they were, like, a force in the second movie, even though, like, they weren't great at their jobs. Um, they were still, like, a highly elevated civilization, or at least that's what we're led to believe. Yeah. And then we they're taken down a peg because they have this guy who's, like, threatening to, like, kill them all if they don't follow his every whim. And he's standing on, like, a little footstool to establish dominance I think it's why they don't work for me in the second movie is because you can't take them seriously, but we are supposed to take them seriously somewhat. Um, And in this, they like call it out more. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're not like, they are a real threat, but they don't feel like a real threat. So there's some dissonance. It's just like, oh, they're just making it so much, so annoying. Yeah. And in this, like, he is obviously like a nuisance, but like, it really works. I thought, um, like, kind of the the ex- explanation that they, that they did for why Adam is like the way he is, being like, you took him out too early. Like, yeah. He's not, this is basically a kid with super strength. Yeah. And that's the way he acts the whole time. It's great. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. Like, he just knows what he was sent to do. And, right. Like, he has a purpose. I saw, like, the parallel that someone said, like, he gets stabbed by Nebula in the beginning and he's like that hurts and that's like the first thing we hear him say and then the first thing we hear Rocket say is like hurts which is like they're both like Adam got created by the high evolutionary to be deployed as a weapon which he did and then he didn't know like 
what he was doing or like right. what anything was, which is like which that's the high evolutionary thing. Like the first thing he inflicts on people is pain. Yeah, it's sad. Um, you you saw you noticed that, or you saw on the internet someone pointed that out. Someone pointed that out. Uh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch it. That's I, would, like, I wouldn't have caught that. Wow, that's some deep shit. They should come on this podcast. Yes, they should. <laughs> some random Reddit commenter, please join us. Um. Did the high evolutionary create the world Howard the Duck is from? I think the answer is I, yes. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. And presumably destroyed it, and Howard the Duck is the only one left from it. He just walked it off. Like, the boss he is. Because he's in this. Yes, he is. He's hanging out along with the shopkeeper from the beginning of the first movie, and I want to say that the other guy that was at the table, too, there were, like, several IMDb credits of people that were, like, minor characters. A- including? Um, no, wait. Which one were you going to... I thought you said Rhett was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking of, like, people from, like, the first movie, which I saw a couple. But, yes, Rhett Miller from the old 97s, who, of course, played the band that was in the holiday special, he was also at that table, which I just... Such a fun little tidbit. I liked the little poker scene. Yeah. I like that we didn't know how they were going to help, and then, like, they literally just bring the planet. Yeah. No, it, it was great. I forgot that that's how that planet, Nowhere like, can just move around. Yeah. We, don't, we didn't really see it being used like that before. I, I Yeah, I thought they had, like, a lot of fun with it. I also, we don't we haven't talked about Kraglin yet. Loved Kraglin that's in this Sean movie. Gun? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about Cosmo, too. Yeah, him and Cosmo. I thought we were going to get more of Cosmo, honestly. I was a little disappointed how... And, like... The way we got him or her. Her, I think. Yeah. But yeah, she like wasn't really with the team. Yeah, or like, I don't know, she's supposed to be like super smart. Yeah, well, yeah, her whole thing is like she got like experimented on, I right. think, and like things like went wrong. And then the Russians sent her to space and she never, she just drifted away. Right. I didn't mind it. Like, too much of that character would have been like kind of distracting. I feel like in the game, like the... Cosmo's, like, super powerful, and, like, we're intimidated by that. Cosmo's head of nowhere security in the game. Right. And in this, she's just, like, a resident. Right, exactly. So, so. I was, I think I was kind of thinking it was going to be more like the game. Like, th- she would have a more significant role, I right, guess. Right. Maybe not, like, smarter, but just, like, more impactful. She did help save the day, you know, with of her course. psychic abilities. Yeah, no, and she's a good dog. Yeah. Take that, Sean Gunn. Yeah, so... Like the little, like, nowhere cast of characters and the way that they got wrapped back up in the end. A big fan. Um, I was hoping that we would see the collector at the poker game. Yeah. But I think he might not be with us any longer. Unclear. Or that, or they just couldn't get Benicio Del Toro to come back for five seconds. I feel like James Gunn could have made that call. Probably. I assume the only reason he was in it from the beginning was because of him. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, he's alive because in the holiday special, they're like, we bought Nowhere off of him. Oh, okay. He like sold it to them. So he's just, he retired. Yeah, I just thought we'd see him again. Yeah. For closure. Um, I like that as a character, Mantis kind of found her niche. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like they, there was a lot of growing pains in the holiday special in particular where she's like kind of, she's like really mean and she's still like sassy in this, but like, it's like more developed. For sure. Yeah. This was like her best characterization so far. And, um, yeah, they found like a better spot for her 
and they didn't go like full like in the in the game not to talk about the game too much but like mantis and matt is like a totally like different character very different she's like this like galactic like, I don't like her in the game, yeah. to be honest. It was really That's weird. That's the only thing I really didn't like about the game. She was, like, constantly experiencing different realities. And stuff. Right. Yeah, totally different. Like, different, different power set and everything. But I, I did really... I liked her in this. I mean, I was just really impressed with how well-written every character is. Like, I didn't feel like anybody, like, really got the shaft. No. Despite it being, like, a really crowded and busy movie. I mean, there's been so much work put into these characters already. Right. So... Plus, and they like, weren't really introducing a lot, except... My next note. Nathan Fillion, what? Like, what are you doing here? Love that. Love <laughs> what that. a pull. Like, who approached who on this? Well, I think I said it, um, it uh, after we watched it, but, like, there was supposed to be, like, a pretty significant Nathan Fillion cameo in the second movie where he would be playing Wonder Man. He was, like, a superhero actor, which they're doing that separately now. Um, but with a different actor. With a different actor. So I'm thinking that they're just buddies, and when that fell through, James Gunn was like, I got something for you. It was so funny. I also like completely forgot about that scene at the end of the movie, even though it was great. Like, I love that whole action sequence of them at the trying to uh, recover the passcode or whatever yeah. um, in the organ, which yeah. is a cool set. Like, organ, that was a cool corp. set, I thought. Yeah. Um, but it's just like that. What a... What a trip that was. <laughs> I love that whole, I love that whole sequence. Like we had like the goofy looking space suits. We had a really good joke where it's like the, no, like red is blue and like blue is yellow. It's like, how, how did you not know this? You idiot. And like him trying to have like, this like talk with Gamora. Line. Gamora calling him Quinn. Like we got yeah. like all these little moments. Um, yeah. Good Gamora stuff. In yeah. That. I was like the bit about like the flirting with the front desk. Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. And uh, Quill, like, saying about Drax, like, he's, like, the, the president's nephew who's, like, a little slow, you know? And the other guy's, like, oh, yeah, I know what I you're talking about. I got one of those. <laughs> the guy's, like, I thought you said something different. Um, another Peacemaker, two Peacemaker cameos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we Rat have... Catcher uh-huh. and then James Gunn's wife. Yeah. Who, that's, like, one of the most, like, not... In a movie full of, like, a lot of, like, quote-unquote shocking things, when Gamora just, like, shoots her in the leg... Yeah. It was, like, so comical because, you know, we spent the <laughs> whole like, time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she's like, It's, like, so, <laughs> it's completely over the top. But also everyone else is just, like, so exasperated. They're like, fucking stop trying to kill people. They're like, we're not <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was all, it was all really working for me because, like, I can envision something like this being in volume two and it would, like, just be, like, dragging on because I didn't think it was funny. But this one really, really worked. And also, like, I thought for a second that, like, Nathan Fillion was going to, like, kill Drax. Uh, he was, like, looking a little worse for wear. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was like, is Drax going to just die right now? And then you just see him, like, walking. And I was like, I guess he's fine. He's, he recovered. <laughs> but, man, he got fucking brutalized. They got really wrecked in that scene. Yeah. Um, at that point, I wasn't sure if they were going to kill somebody off. By closer to, like, the halfway point, I was like, I don't think anyone's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. My whole thing was like, well, one, the, the, the telegraphing of Rocket's death through the trailers were like way too strong. Yeah. I was like, they're not going to do it. But then I was like, hey, they could kill Drax. They could kill Nebula if they wanted to. I don't, but think, I agree. I didn't think they would. Like, well, I was like, they could. And like Dave Bautista was talking so much about how he's done. I was like, okay, maybe. Um, but as, yeah, as the movie went on, I was like, it would be mean. Yeah. Because like, we're like getting 
this like story of like everyone's past trauma and like how to move on past it. So the only one that would have made any sense for me was Drax because he is like, you know, could have had like one of those character deaths where he's like, I'm going to like see my family again. That's the only one that would have made any sense. Uh, so like, as soon as like we got this like really prolonged stuff about rocket, I was like, they're not going to do all this and then just kill him anyway. Right. Like imagine if they did that. I had this note where I was like, good Groot stuff. What was that? I I guess just in general, he's a good boy. Yeah, but like, what was that? Was it when he went full kaiju on Counter-Earth? They're like, Groot, go get him. And he like goes like yes, extra large. Yes. Yeah. I think it was all that stuff. He was such a good backup. Oh, yeah. And when he pulled out all the guns and uh-huh. stuff. Oh, and then part of that note was Peter's like repeatedly like Rocket's my best friend, but I'm like, but Groot is Rocket's best friend. <laughs> like, what what story are we telling, James? Because we've spent a lot of time recognizing Groot and Rocket's relationship. What? That's the movie where it's like, that's my like he's my best friend. I'm no. uh. Oh, shit. It's what in the first it? one because the second one. No, no, no. It wasn't. A... It wasn't a Guardians movie. It was something completely different. Oh. There's this character that's like, I'm his best friend. He's my very good friend. Um, I cannot remember what it's from. I don't from. think it's a superhero. It's not a superhero movie, but it just like, reminds yeah. me of that like Quill would call Rocket his best friend, and Rocket would be in public. He'd be like, okay, but then to someone else, he'd be like, no. <laughs> like, Groot's my best. Yeah. Friend. <laughs> but then Groot became like their son, so I guess. Um, right. Right. The dynamic fine. has changed. It's fine. I also, like, I didn't have any notes. My notes are, like, really spare, but um, I thought the Counter-Earth stuff was really fun until it wasn't. Yeah. Um, I just, like, enjoyed, like, just, like, seeing, like, the the high evolutionary's idea of, like, what an ideal civilization is, and it's, like, like 70s suburbs with, like... Like 50s People getting, like, beat up in the street yeah. and stuff, which I was like, oh, my God. Uh, not to mention, like, the first fuck in the MCU right. being, like, at such a perfect moment. Um, I was a really big fan of that. Apparently, like, it wasn't, like, written in the script. I think Chris Pratt just wanted to do it, and James Gunn was like, yeah, let's, like, go for it. And it was, that got, like, a lot of laughs in our theater. I thought, um, thinking about, like, other superhero movies, not, like, Deadpool superhero movies, but that have used, like, fuck, there's, like, really cringeworthy ways of doing it. Like, how uh, X-Men First Class did a good job when they had uh, Wolverine be like, fuck off. Like, that was funny. Oh, yeah, it was But sad. then... They did, like, the exact opposite in Dark Phoenix where they had, like, that version of Cyclops be like, if you touch her, I'm going to fucking kill you! As an, like, attempt to, like, make it, like, really serious and edgy. And every, oh, it just totally right. falls flat. This, though, was great. Like, if they had to do it once, which I'm happy that they did, break some doors down for people, you know? I love the, I love the one... F-bomb use in PG-13. I think it's such a dumb rule. It's so silly. Like, why does it matter if there's, like... Whatever. I totally agree, but... Um, the other stuff on Counter-Earth was, like... Oh, that was the other Groot thing. Is like, he does, like, a... He grows wings. Yeah. That was maybe the other Groot thing. He just did a really good job yeah. in that scene. I mean, that, that whole sequence of, like, them, like, finally confronting the high evolutionary and jumping out the window with that guy yeah. and just, like, fucking... And then just being his... on the opposite page of Nebula. She's yes. She's, like, trying to rescue them. I just love it. They're just so... All working, they all just care about each other so it's much. Great. It's fantastic. <laughs> My only criticism, which I pointed out to Molly when we left, was that they 
played a great song, San Francisco by the Mowglies, in the uh, the jet, which I can't remember the name of their new ship. It's not the Benatar anymore. It it's something, something else. Um, but like you can barely hear it because Gamora is busy <laughs> crashing the thing into everything on Counter Earth in the meantime. But really good uh, diversity in environments. Yeah, say. they were bopping around, which is how the first one is too. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah they he really went back to the roots. Um, I know you already talked about like the orgo sphere, but like what are, what oh, is that? Yeah. It's so it's so gross, but like it's such a interesting idea. Yeah, this was my note. Like I, James Gunn took the notes from Volume Two because he's on the internet. Lol, he is. So DC is lucky to have him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and like I'm kind of sad, you know, because James Gunn was supposed to be the one kind of like overseeing like the space side of stuff at Marvel going forward. But honestly, like I am really excited to see what he gets to do with like Superman and shit. So, um, yeah, I guess the, the thing with the guy like getting thrown out of the building and then, uh, dragged across the ground and then Peter like cuts the thing out of his head. I was like, Oh, okay. Like yeah, I was kind he's of, he's like drowned. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that they never like played it for a joke or like stopped at the last minute. I'm like, no, right. they just killed him, which like, I think I deserved it. But they, clear. like, don't kill people. That's, like, their whole thing. I feel like they do kill a lot of people. But they say they don't. They say they don't, but they lie. They don't do it in, like, cold blood like they did for that. Yeah. Right. Like, they it was a, it was a desperation happen move. to kill people when their guns are going off. Right. Although, in this, this movie, they, they do kill a lot of people. Like, everyone in the Orgosphere, like, got killed. All those security guards, they were killing all those people. No, those were, like, electric shocks. Oh, really? I okay. think they, yeah, it was, like, Okay, that makes a bit more sense. And, like, they would connect. It was like the Spider-Man mm. thing from the Spider-Man game. Great ability. Um, what? I said it, that's a great ability. What is? In the Spider-Man game. Oh, that, being able yeah. to, like, do the... Um, not to, like, harp on it, but, like, uh, I was say, like, I just had a note for myself that was, like, we're not... We know what James Gunn is capable of in, in his other movies. Like, he's not doing, like, Suicide Squad shit. He's not doing his horror movie shit. But... There's like a lot of opportunities to do that kind of violence, but it's not. He snuck some in because like Nebula, when like, she does the neck thing, her like neck gets broken, and yeah, she has like, it's like flopping around on her back while she's like still fighting people. But then she also like chops off someone's like head or something. Yeah, and then who? Is I it? feel like they get away with it because they're aliens, though. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, and it's like. Nebula or is it Mantis? Who Adam like breaks someone's arm like in the Mantis? Movie. Yeah, I like, had to. I like wince just like at that, and it's like so like visceral. Yeah, it just feels very like real. So I was like, oh, good job for like pulling that off, but not yeah. Like you can do it without you do that to a person, then you're like getting into like dicey territory. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was it was really cool. It it felt so James Gunn. I think he also did a good job of keeping his, like, style separate, though. Like, this, even though, like, he does do a lot of, like, horror-esque stuff in Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, and he brought some of that in. Like, this still very much felt like a Guardians movie, and it's still, even though it's, like, different than the MCU movies, it still felt like it belonged in the MCU. Like, it wasn't, like, a a DC movie that they just did with MCU characters. Totally, totally. And... Yeah, I mean, that's all I was going to kind of say on that. Yeah. 
I totally agree. It's a hard line to like toe, but he did a really good job with it. Especially because the Guardians were already like a departure from the MCU, like in a good way. Right. Um, he didn't follow like their general m- model. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, these are the times I know I cried. There might have been <laughs> I was just about one. to try to remember the same ones. Okay, so. When Rocket almost died and he sees Lila and she's like, no, you have a greater purpose. Like, we're not ready for you. I will say, I also cried there, and also, like, when we see, like, Tief and Floor, like, waving from the background. Oh, I think, yeah. Actually, I think it was when Rocket was like, can I come? It right, was, like, felt, yeah, it's that whole scene. I was like, stop. And then what really got me was when Nebula, like, realizes that Rocket's he's alive, alive and okay. Like, that just, like, broke my heart. Like, Nebula was, like, MVP of this movie. Yeah, well, it, for that, it's like, because you know what that means. Like, we, we know who Nebula is, and, like, to get that reaction. Yeah. And, like, we know that, like, they spent so much time together. Exactly. I was even say, though they have, like, such a special relationship. Right. Like, we didn't see all of it, but we know. Um... And then the, I thought I was like in the clear and then we do the end scene of him going to visit his grandpa and like when his grandfather sees him, I'm like, I've got like tears streaming on my face and then I hear the person next to me, aka Griffin going, (laughs) and I thought he was laughing at me. He's like making all these like noises with his nose, which is how he laughs. Can you do your laugh? <laughs> so he's doing that. And so I thought he was laughing at me crying. I was not. I was also crying. Like audibly. Yes. I was like <laughs> shuddering, which is when you notice it. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, what's going on? I was like pretty much crying for like the whole like last sequence of the movie. And like I was like so surprised because I was like, there's the characters are like dancing and it's like upbeat and stuff, but it's like so like. Like it's, it's so cathartic. Grandpa like after fell the, out of left field. Even though they had like planted that seed at the beginning, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like love that. I mean, the, so the music good. choice, like using Florence and the Machine, and yeah, that's the other thing is I love that song. So seeing also- seeing all of that, and then like I think I had another moment, a cry moment for me was definitely when um, uh, shit, who said it? It's. Oh, Mantis is like, you weren't born to be a destroyer. Oh, yeah, that was was another (laughs) one. I think that was just like a tear, like a a watery eye. At that point, I was pretty sensitive. That was really sweet. Yeah, I did forget about that I was basically like just watery and like anything would be like, uh, yeah, it was. That was really special. I was just like, what is happening? And I think I did hear like other people um, going through a similar crisis. I also saw a video of Florence Welch watching the movie. And that started playing and she like starts like sobbing. I don't think that they knew that that was going to be the end song though at first because, and I know that the Groot stuff is like probably is a lot of CGI and he's doing a dance that is not to that song. Yeah. And I, I was like, maybe it's like on purpose, like it's like a joke, but I was like, I don't think so. I think he's straight up like just doing a dance and they didn't know what song it was going to be. But like, I also like, I agree because like it doesn't, match but i also know that like james gunn has to be like super like he knows what the soundtrack is yeah but you don't like you have to get those rights like usually like not like they're working on getting those rights like the whole time yeah yeah i would believe that they just like had it ready and then just made it work 
Maybe yeah. maybe Groot thinks or that's that wasn't Lando. originally going to be the song. That's yeah. what I was thinking. That would be that, that he would was going to do a different because it's also like the most modern song I think on Definitely. the whole album. Yeah, although that San Francisco one might be a bit newer. Uh, but yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was just like a mess, and I was like, wow, this movie like, really really did it to me, huh? I mean, that's how I was in um, Black Widow. Yeah. I was a real mess. Because yeah. once it starts, it doesn't matter what's happening. Did you... I saw something that um, the director of Black Widow wanted to cut that scene at the dinner table. What? That's like the best scene of that whole movie. And I'm pretty sure like producers, like maybe Kev and someone else were like, no, like we need to keep it. I'm like, who would look at the cut of that movie and be like, that's what we are That's taking out. That's the whole movie. That's the heart of the, the movie. Like, are family you dynamic. That's, oh God, I can't even talk about that right Nerve. now. Nerve. Um, what are some other trilogies where one and three were like really good, but two was meh? Um, I thought of Back to the Future. I mean, that's also controversial. Some people like really fucking love the second Back to the Future, but I think most people agree that one and three are better than two. Uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, definitely. Uh, oh shit, this is a good question. I just need to like look at a list of trilogies right now, because like Star Wars, no, I don't care which which one you're even talking about. I feel like, actually, not that I would say like the prequels are like a perfect trilogy or anything, <laughs> but the first and third ones are way better than the second one. Attack of the Clones fucking sucks. Um, it doesn't count for Toy Story because those first... Well, I count it. I think of Toy Story as a trilogy, even though they made another one. But one, two, and three are perfect movies. Yes, I agree. I'm, like, seeing some that I'm, like, well, no, of course, like, for the Nolan Batman, naturally, the second one's the best one. So Well, it's not. The first one is, but sure. But I recognize I'm in the minority there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough sell. Um... I'm sure there are more out there. I wonder how people feel about the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the new one. I was going to say Pirates, but no, I think one and two are way better than three. Never saw the third one. I can't comment. But yeah, it's definitely... I think I've seen the third one. Maybe I haven't. That was a... I remember when it came out. Okay. I saw the fourth one for some reason. That was not good. Um, but yeah, certainly, certainly, at least in our opinion, that's, that's the case for this trilogy. But I, I was saying that, like, we already talked about, or either you talked about, the accessibility of this for people that, like, you know, don't keep up with everything. Because, like, my uh, sister's husband is, like, super, like, burnt out. And he's like, I haven't, like, I'm, like, so far behind and, like, haven't seen any of this. And we're like, well, one, he's just, like, burnt out on Marvel movies, so he's not going to watch it anyway. But we're like, no, like, you don't have to, like, do this. Yeah. But, like... People are going to feel that way, which is kind of a bummer. Right. Like going, like, I mean, that's how it's been with all of them. Right. Right. Exactly. Which I think you couldn't have watched Ant Man really without having seen a lot of stuff. And you couldn't have watched uh, Doctor Strange um, without seeing a bunch of stuff. But like, some of, like, Chung Chi definitely is a standalone. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are we counting shows here? No. Uh, I mean, Black uh, Widow is like a standalone. Yeah, yeah. It helps, obviously, to know like the early movies, kind of, right. just to know who she is. Right. But um, I was just about to say another one, and now I've forgotten. Captain Marvel? Yeah, but that... I'm thinking of post 
Endgame movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thor, Thor is kind of a tough sell, just, like, to know, like, what journey he's been on. But, like, we went with my dad, who hadn't seen, like, anything. And he still enjoyed the movie, but probably not in the same way. Yeah. Oh, I also kind of sometimes feel bad that that's the, the one, like, MCU movie that he's, like, seen in theaters. I think he was, like, this I think he enjoyed fun. it, well, because he had no expectations. What was he comparing it to? Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't like any movies. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but back, I mean, you would have to see, like, the first two Guardians and, like, kind of the first, like, like, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. But I think if you are even remotely thinking about seeing it, you've probably seen those. Or the the first Guardians. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people didn't see Guardians, too, I don't think. No. But this is doing numbers. Like, it's doing fine. So I don't think it's actually deterring people. It, like, opened... It's got, like, one of the lowest Marvel, like, summer openings ever, which I think is because people have been, like, burnt in the last couple movies that have been released. Like, coming off Ant-Man, no one's gonna be fucking hyped to go see the next Marvel movie. But, like, it's doing better than Ant-Man. It's doing better than Ant-Man, but it's doing worse than the other Guardians movies did. But people are saying good things about it, so I think it's gonna stick around and it's gonna... It doesn't also... It's a success. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this movie like makes money. Like it's the end of this trilogy. James is already fired. Yeah, he's probably made so much money out of this because like he like settled with Disney after he got fired. Probably made a shitload of money from that, and then they hired him back. Right. I've seen so many headlines that's like James Gunn was at his lowest when he was fired, and now he's back on top. And I'm like, all right, settle down. I mean, kind (laughs) of. By him, he, he said he was not having a good time. Well, yeah, I mean, it was... But the whole cast of the Guardians came to his aid, which I right. thought was really like, cool. So. And, you know, he's doing just fine. Uh, yeah, he's he's chilling. <laughs> he is chilling. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's more that we didn't talk about, but um, I, think, I think you guys get where we're coming from with this. Yep, funny. All that is to say that we, we really loved it, and for me, at least... Uh, there haven't been like a lot of new theatrical superhero movies that we've been going to see where I can just like say that without any qualifiers or us spending a lot of time, uh, you know, hammering in on our criticisms of the movie, because I'm sure if I go back and, you know, we'll watch this again, uh, whether for the podcast or not years from now, and I might look at it differently, but like, yeah, I feel really happy with it coming up. I don't think I'm going to, I feel confident. Okay. Uh, setting a reminder for myself, uh, two years. Yeah. No, it, it won't take us that long to get back to it. If we I go at this pace, I don't change my mind a lot. No. On movies. Nope. You're entrenched. Good for you. <laughs> well, this was really fun. Uh, we hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. And until next time we are out, out of, of the, the superverse. superverse.